Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. Imagine traveling to a city like Los Angeles or New York. Before you even arrive at your Citizen M Hotel, you're able to check in and open a tab on your phone. You walk into a lobby that's kind of like a living room filled with provocative art and cozy seating. Then you head up to your room with this giant bed and window to match as you sip the perfect latte ordered from your Citizen M app. See why Citizen M is a new way to hotel at citizenm.com. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Good morning, everyone. It's October 18th, 2021, and uh, Joe Biden is still the very worst president in American history. That's just a, that's just a fact at this point. I mean, the, the amount of the war on cops in Joe Biden's administration is, it just really does point out what happens when you elect far-left lunatics to control your country and your states. But I hope everyone had a great weekend. Uh, I know I did. Had had the chance to uh, to to go to the UGA uh, versus Kentucky game. And look, I normally like Kentucky. You know, they elect Republicans, but uh, when you come between the hedges, I'm not a fan of whoever you are. But they did beat Florida, and I'm not a big fan of Florida at all. So I will say, go dogs, the number one team in the country. And it looks like we'll stay that way for quite some time. And uh, it looks like we'll see Alabama and Atlanta in a couple of weeks. But a couple of weeks ago, I got a call. Um, about about a police officer who was on his first day on the job in a small town of Alamo, Georgia, about maybe hour and a half, two hours away from where I am currently. This officer uh, before had tased someone in an in an effort to arrest him, and his buddy, the guy who who was tased and arrested, decided that this officer no longer had the right to live. And he was gunned down on his first day on the job at the Alamo Police Department. He was gunned down. He was ambushed. And he he left behind a wife and like, I believe she was six months old, a daughter. A wife and a six-month-old daughter. And I'm looking at another story right now by the Daily Wire. Three deputies were ambushed in shooting outside of a Houston bar. One of them were killed. The war on cops in Joe Biden's America is shattering. It really is. The story goes, three Texas deputies, deputy constables, were gunned down in an ambush attack early on Saturday morning outside of a Houston bar, resulting in the death of at least one of the deputies. The deputies were working a police-related extra job when they responded to a disturbance by a bar lounge around 2.15 in the morning, according to Fox News. The disturbance may have been a robbery. The disturbance may have been a robbery, but that was unknown to the deputies at the time, Assistant Chief James Jones told reporters. So here's what happens. 
When the deputies went to the parking lot, they began to arrest a possible suspect. During this time, a second suspect seized the deputies, opening fire on both of the deputies. With they began opening fire on both of the deputies with an AR-15, striking both deputies. Then Deputy Kareem Atkins, 30 years old, employed at Precinct Four, died from his gunshot injuries. Deputy Atkins then returned back to work after paternity leave and leaves a wife and six-month-old baby. Deputy Daryl Garrett, 28 years old, employed at Precinct 4 since 2018, was shot in the back and underwent surgery and is in ICU at Herman Hospital downtown. And upon hearing these gunshots in the parking lot, Deputy Jakeem Barthin, Barthin, 26 years old, he's been a cop since 2019, rushed to the parking lot to aid his fellow deputies. He, too, was shot and immobilized. Deputy Atkins, Garrett, and Barthin were law enforcement heroes, and they were cowardly ambushed while serving and protecting their community. Texas Attorney General Kim Paxton responded in a tweet praying this morning for the for the part for the family for the fallen Harris County de- uh, deputy constables and for the other two still in the hospital. It's an evil act, but this keeps happening, time after time after time. And the left, you know, the left is going after the real problem. The fact that the AR-15, that's the real problem. The fact that there was an AR-15 used. You know, it could be leading to this, quite frankly. That what could be leading to this is the left, for months now, since the George Floyd riots and before, calling to defund the police saying all cops are racists, that all cops are inherently bad because they took a job to defend you in your community, but because they did that. Because sometimes people in your community will do bad things. It's bad. They're bad. They're racist. They're the scum of the earth. But at the same time, we have to defund the police, but not. No, 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 no. We can't defund private details for these congressmen and senators. No, 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 that's completely okay. For the Democrats to hate police so much, they sure love those Capitol Police who protect them on January 6th, don't they? The left has no standards, if not for double standards. I mean, looking to the state of Washington, a state trooper resigned, slamming Democrat governor's vaccine mandate, saying Jay Jay Inslee can kiss his blank. I saw this video, but on Saturday night, a viral video emerged of a Washington state trooper who apparently refused to get vaccinated as he submitted his resignation over the phone to a radio operator in the process telling the state's Democratic Governor Jay Inslee, who in August ordered all state workers to show proof of vaccination by October 18th or lose their job, saying Jay Inslee can kiss my blank. The trooper said, this is my final sign off. After 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, I'm being asked to leave because because I am dirty. Numerous fatalities, injuries, and You know what, matter of fact, let's hear him say it. This is my final sign-off. After 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, um, being asked to leave because I am dirty. Um, Numerous fatalities, um, injuries, I've worked sick, I've played sick. Um, We've buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the um, citizens of Yakima County as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I wouldn't have been very successful and you've kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Um, Thank you for that. Um, 
wish I could say more, but um, this is it. So, State 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a State Patrol car. And Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. Absolutely despicable. Governor Inslee should be ashamed. Anybody on the left should be ashamed. Now, this is what the order. This is what the order said uh, that was uh, proclamated August twentieth. Any worker, it prohibits any worker from engaging in a, in work for a state agency after October eighteenth if the worker has not been fully vaccinated against COVID. Any state agency from permitting any worker to engage in work. For the agency after October 18th, if he, they have not been fully vaccinated for COVID, any worker from engaging in work for the operator of an educated, educational setting after October 18th, 2021, if the worker has not been fully vaccinated, any operator of an educational setting for work for from permitting a worker to engage in work for the operator after October 18th, if the worker has not been fully vaccinated, any healthcare provider from failing to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19, any operator of a healthcare setting, not vaccinated where is this going to go from here how long until they tell school board members if you're not vaccinated you can't serve on the school state reps if you're not vaccinated you can't serve in the state legislature congressmen senators how long until that's where they're going because you and i both know that's happening you and i both know the left will come after people who don't take this vaccine. Look, I've said this multiple times and I'll say it again. You want to get vaccinated? It's pretty easy. Go get vaccinated. It's fairly, fairly simple. But if you don't want to get vaccinated, you should not be fired from your job. Because quite frankly, they don't even know. Now this is over at the New York Post. Fauci says FDA panel concludes that the Johnson and Johnson shot should have been two doses. Dr. Anthony Fauci on Sunday said he believes Johnson and Johnson should have doled out a two dose COVID-19 shot as health experts recommend getting a booster to the one shot jab as it becomes available. The white house chief medical advisor said that the unanimous unanimous decision Friday by the FDA advisory paddle panel to recommend the booster shots should be welcome news for recipients of the vaccine. I think they should feel good about it because what, advisors to the FDA felt is that given the data they saw very likely this should have been a two dose vaccine to begin with. Fauci told ABC anchor Martha Raddatz this week of this week. I think it's very favorable for those who have received the J and J vaccine. I don't see that as a problem at all. The booster is still awaiting the official green light from federal regulators, though they often follow the panel's recommendation. Fauci, however, acknowledged that some J and J recipients might be better off receiving Pfizer or Moderna's vaccine as their booster. Saying, quote, you know that, you know, that is the data you refer to. If you get the booster shot, people who have originally received J&J with either Moderna or Pfizer, the level of antibodies that you induce in them is much higher than if you boost them with the original J&J. 
So you you take this you you, know, you take this jab and they give you antibodies, but they don't want to respect the antibodies you get if you have already had COVID, like myself and like millions of other Americans. He continue on, but he said that if, that recommendations for the Johnson and Johnson booster recipients will likely consider the risks that come with each of these vaccines, including that Moderna and Pfizer carry a slightly increased risk of experiencing my, myocarditis myocarditis in young adults. I think it's going to be variable depending upon who you are. For example, a woman of a child of childbearing age who would have almost no issues at all with a possible adverse event of myocarditis, which you see rarely with the mRNA vaccine, that person might want to opt out opt for that approach. If you're a young man who does have that very, very risk of getting it, you might want to take the J&J route. Experts are now urging those who receive the J&J shot to get the booster immediately. Johnson Johnson's a very good vaccine. I also believe it's, a, it's probably a two-shot vaccine. The dean of Brown University School of Public Health, Dr. Joss, said, it's really urgent that people get that second shot pretty quickly. So what they're telling us is that they had no idea what was going on. They had no idea what was going on. They, they had a great, they thought they knew what was going on, but they don't. That's what they just said. They said they have no clue what's going on. Now, we're going to get into this government watchdog group going after Jen Psaki for a potential violation of the Hatch Act. But first, I need you to go on your phone. Really simple. Go to built.com, B-Y-L-T.com. Go ahead and get you some protein bars. Use code LET Freedom Ring. It's pretty simple. You're going to get 12% off. That's that's a great deal. I mean, Christmas is coming up, and with Biden, you know, a lot of these things, a lot of these shelves are empty. So go ahead and do that. Go ahead and get built.com. My favorite one's the double chocolate, personally, but a lot of other people like a lot of other ones. But go ahead and go to built.com. Use code Let Freedom Ring. Let them know we sent you. It helps out the show and helps us grow. And we'll be right back after this. So Jen Sucky, some people call her Sacky. I call her Sucky has been accused of violating a federal law. Now, will this matter? No, she's a Democrat. Let's be honest. It's not going to matter at all. But this is via Breitbart. Government watchdog group accuses Jen Psaki of violating Hatch Act. A government watchdog organization has filed a complaint with accusing White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki of violating the Hatch Act. The news claim at the news... Uh, that came after she appeared to praise Virginia Democratic gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe during a briefing on Thursday. The complaint from Citizens for Responsibility Ethics in Washington to the Office of Special Counsel alleged that Saki had improperly used her office to affect the outcome of next month's election. She had been asked if the Biden administration believed McCall's race against Glenn Youngkin was a bellwether before the 22 mid- midterms. The Post article continued, Well, I have been... A little careful. Oh, you know what? I can. Uh, here we go. Sorry, I have I have this tape somewhere. It's a, it's a, it's a Monday, guys. I really is. Please hold. Please, please, please don't hold it against me. Um. But is this gonna matter at all? The answer is absolutely not. All right, it's not gonna matter at all because she's in fact a Democrat, and because she's a Democrat, it's not going to matter. It's not gonna matter at all. Sorry, my audio board's being stupid. Give me one second. All right, here we go. Now, so this is her promising to follow the Hatch Act in January. Oh, hold on. There's an ad. 
All right, one second, one second. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. It's Monday. I'll be better tomorrow. Questions if I could. One on the, on the Hatch Act. Will this administration take that seriously, and do you think it's ever appropriate for this White House to have a political event or a political meeting? Well, as you know, there are some political events that are acceptable, but we certainly take the Hatch Act seriously uh, and will abide by that. And uh, you will not see a political uh, rally on the uh, south lawn of the White House with pres under President Biden. So that's her in January. And here's her not too long ago. One other question. You said Biden, uh, the president, will be going to Long Beach on uh, Monday to campaign for Governor Newsom. There's a lot going on right now. Obviously, he's given a big speech tonight about uh, the COVID pandemic and new restrictions on that. Why uh, does he think it's important to go uh, to California to campaign for the governor at this point? Because the election is Tuesday. Why is it important for the uh, president that Governor Newsom continue on? Well, I would say that the president remains um, quite popular in California, as he does in Virginia and other states where there are competitive elections this year. And certainly we don't go campaign in states where we aren't wanted, but uh, hopefully this will be helpful to uh, the efforts of the governor. So speaking to a lawyer, what she was supposed to say there is I'd have to refer you to the campaign staff, right? I'd have to refer you to that. So we're going to pull this one up, though. I think this is the right one. The question you said Biden, uh, the president will be going. Oh, wait, 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 hold on. Is it this one? Can you on? Yeah, and certainly we don't go campaign and, uh, to help we to, uh, the efforts of the governor. Again, we're going to do everything we can uh, to help uh, former Governor McAuliffe, and we believe in the agenda he's, he's representing. Yeah, you, you're going to do whatever it takes, including breaking federal law, but she's a Republican, or she's a Democrat, so let's be honest, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. We're going to do everything we can to help former Governor McAuliffe. We believe in the agenda he's representing. You don't have an agenda, Jinsaki. You're not supposed to. You're supposed to have whatever the president's agenda is. Now, the Hatch Act prohibits executive branch employees from using their official authority to influence for the purpose of interfering with or affecting the results of an election. A political activity is defined as an activity directed toward the success or failure of a political party, candidate for partisan political office, or partisan political group. Cruz complaint accuses her of impermissibly mixing official government business with advocacy for former Governor McAuliffe's election. While Saki did not explicitly urge voting for Governor McAuliffe, her statements appear to be aimed at his success in a partisan political election. Let's be honest. They want them to commence an immediate investigation into the conduct described in the letter and take appropriate disciplinary action against Ms. Saki. Saki responded to this during an interview in CNN, CNN Friday saying, I take ethics seriously. So does this president, of course, as I understand it, if I had said he instead of we, that would not have been an issue at all. I'll be more careful with my words next time. But what you're supposed to do, this is what's supposed to happen. And you're thinking like, oh, you know, this is what's supposed to happen. Typically, they would say, okay, well, this is what, you know, the, the president will be um, in Virginia this, this Friday, for instance. Um, to campaign with McAuliffe. That's completely fine. That's completely okay. That's public record. His schedule is public record uh, as to where he's going to be and for the most part what he's going to do. What is not okay to say is we are going to do everything we can. And if, now, and I know what you're saying. So Kaylee McEnany spoke at the RNC. Okay, yeah, that's completely fine because it wasn't in her official capacities. She never said something along the lines of, as press secretary, I endorse Donald J. Trump. You're allowed to have, you know, you're allowed to, in a non-official capacity, 
to do it. This is completely wrong. It's not going to matter, though. She's a Democrat. Let's be honest. Now, everybody's favorite cabinet secretary, Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, after taking two months off, said the supply chain crisis will, quote, continue into the next year. The disruptions are currently snarling the supply as, as disruptions are currently snarling the supply chains across the globe, the United States will certainly continue into next year, U.S. Sec, uh, US, Press Sec, or U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg said on, uh, on uh, October 17th. So actually yesterday. Sorry, I'm slow. Last week, some industry groups and companies said that the White House won't be uh, able to alleviate supply shortages and bottlenecks before Christmas arrives, potentially causing more political damage to President Joe Biden and amid shortages and a spike in inflation. Meanwhile, images of dozens of cargo ships seen waiting outside two California ports drew headlines as the ships are expected to be stuck there for months before they can unload. Certainly, a lot of challenges that we've been experiencing this year will continue into next year, but there are both short and long-term steps that we can take to do something about it. Yes, quit being democratic. Quit being a Democrat. Why does this... Nobody's put this together. That This always happens when Democrats are in control. Always, this 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 always seems to happen. Gas always seems to be expensive when Democrats are in control. But when Republicans are in control, this suddenly somehow doesn't happen. That is really crazy. Isn't that so crazy how that happens? It's almost like, you know, maybe we should put two and two together. Potentially. That should potentially happen. Now, I want to play this clip uh, by Rand Paul. Let's be a little more specific since you evaded the question. Do you support the government intervening to override the parent's consent to give a child puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and or amputation surgery of breasts and genitalia? You have said that you're willing to accelerate the protocols for street kids. I'm alarmed that poor kids with no parents who are homeless and distraught you would just go through this and allow that to happen to a minor. I would hope that you would have compassion for Kira Bell, who's a 23-year-old girl who was confused with her identity. At 14, she read on the internet about something about transsexuals. She thought, well, maybe that's what I am. She ended up getting these puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones. She had her breasts amputated. But here's what ultimately she says now. And this is a very insightful from decision from someone who made a mistake but was led to believe this was a good thing by the medical community. I made a brash decision as a teenager, as a lot of teenagers do, trying to find confidence and happiness, except now the rest of my life will be negatively affected, she said, adding that the medicalized gender transitioning was a very temporary, superficial fix for a very complex identity issue. What I'm alarmed at is that you're not willing to say absolutely minors shouldn't be making decisions to amputate their breast or to amputate their genitalia. For most of our history, we believe that minors don't have full rights and the parents need to be involved. So I'm alarmed that you won't say with certainty that minors should not have the ability to make the decision to take hormones that will affect them for the rest of their life. Will you make a more firm decision on whether or not minors should be involved in these decisions? Senator, uh, transgender medicine is a very complex and nuanced field. Uh, and if confirmed to the position of Assistant Secretary of Health, I would certainly be pleased to come to your office and talk with you and your staff about the standards of care. 
No, I mean, it's just, here's the thing, right? All these people, when they're on, when they're being, what's the word? When they're being interviewed like this, they always give that answer. This is completely sick. These kids can never undo what they do most of the time. Nine times out of ten, they can never undo what what happens, right? They can never undo it. It's irreversible. Now, I want to play this clip from the Joe Rogan podcast a couple of days ago, and we'll talk about that for a second. This is a clip of uh, Joe Rogan absolutely destroying the doctor uh, from CNN. And say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine, mother. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thick. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? You know that they know that I took medicine. Like, here it is. This is ivermectin. So Joe Rogan was interviewing the chief medical uh, correspondent, Gupta, um, about what they said when he, when he took it. The superstar was incensed that CNN had reported he was taking horse dewormer, referring to the drug ivermectin, which was prescribed to Rogan by an actual doctor. Now, uncomfortably, Gupta admitted that the news network shouldn't have called the drugs a horse dewormer, adding it can be used for humans. I get it. Rogan then went on to knock CNN for not reporting how he tested negative five days later and felt great following his treatment. But, of course, what else could you expect from the left? What else could you expect from the left? Because they don't tell the truth. If they told the truth, they would lose all the time. They would they would lose. And so they can't they they love power. They love power, so they can't lose. Because if they lose, they'd be done. They lost, it'd be all over. But they will tell you whatever it takes to get them reelected. And to get to take control of you. And then afterwards, he said, uh, Gupta said that you should not, that, that, that he felt threatened by Joe Rogan. Really? Why do you feel threatened by Joe Rogan? Joe Rogan's never, you know, he, he Joe Rogan's a very nice guy. But he felt threatened by Joe Rogan. Because Joe Rogan called him out, as he should have. Now, I want to play this uh, clip from uh, Brad Beal from the NBA. Oh, I am not vaccinated. No, I'm not. Do you care to share why? Personal reason. I would like an explanation to, you know, people with vaccines. Why are they still getting COVID? If that's something that we are supposed to highly be protected from, like that's funny that, oh, it reduces your chances of going to the hospital. It doesn't eliminate anybody from getting COVID, right? So everybody is everybody in here vax? I would assume, right? So you all can still get COVID, right? Okay, but you can still get COVID, right? So, and you can still pass it along with the vax, right? You know, the whole vaccination. It's so crazy to me that this NBA superstar who, you know, probably, I think he probably only went to college for a year or two, knows more, knows, knows more 
about how this works than anyone on the uh, uh, any scientist who who voted for Biden. That's just absolutely crazy for me. That is absolutely crazy to me that that is exactly that that that, that, that is that simple. That is that simple. Oh, you can still get COVID. Well, why would I take it if I can still get COVID? There's no reason to take it if I can still get COVID, right? Right. No, it's, it makes makes a lot of sense to me. Why would I take it if I can get co- if I can still get COVID? And Kyrie Irving, who you know, I've never been a big basketball fan personally. It's just a very repetitive sport to me. It's absolutely asinine to me. I don't understand it. I don't understand it at all. We'll be right back. The left is attempting to absolutely take your kids and turn them into liberal, absolutely liberal things. This happened at my college, the University of Georgia. I want to play this clip. Besser was caught telling students to not use any conservative sources. This is the Next News Network. I'm Elijah Schaefer. I'm also not surprised. I'm the host of Blaze TV, Slightly Offensive, and I'm filling in here. Please check that you are subbed to this channel right now by hitting that red button so you receive our reports daily. Well, our story today comes from Cassandra Fairbanks from the Gateway Pundit, who reports that a University of Georgia ecology professor has told his students not to cite conservative news sources, saying that they should use reliable sources like CNN and the New York Times instead. Screenshots of the instructions for a sustainable energy project assigned by Professor Scott Connolly were obtained by the Young American Foundation through their campus bias tip line. In the leaked assignment instructions, Connolly informed his introductory ecology class that they were only to use reliable news sources, citing CNN and the New York Times as examples. Please do not draw from questionable sources such as National Enquirer, Fox News, OAN, blogs, etc., Connolly told his students. Yaf contacted the professor for comment, and he completely played dumb. When asked if he would give students who, cons- who used conservative sources fair grades, he claimed that he was completely at a loss as to why someone would think that he was biased against conservative media outlets. This has absolutely nothing to do with conservative media outlets. And I am at a complete loss as to why you are jumping to that conclusion. Yeah, how could you jump to that conclusion when you say not to use them? Wow, really? That's pretty, that's pretty, pretty simple to me. If you tell me not to use them, maybe I should take that you don't use them. Maybe I should assume it. I mean, look at what we have. Look at what's going on. In Afghanistan, explosion strikes Afghan mosques during prayers. YouTube has suspended Steven Crowder. The White House is vowing to treat climate change as a systemic financial risk. The only financial risk is your economic policy, Joe Biden. Democrats are attempting to lower private drug prices. It's likely to fail. Blinken said the U.S. and Israel prepared to turn to other options if Iran doesn't change course. Wow. Virginia Democrats in 2020 voted to allow schools to refrain from reporting sexual battery. The worst is yet to come. Now, this is all we got for, for today. We will see you back here tomorrow. Hey, Noah here. I wanted to take a second because I realized I don't know if you know who I am. So I like to take the last few minutes of every single show to tell you who I am. I mean, you're turning to the dial right now. 
you know, you may have no have no idea who I am. My name is Noah Ring. I'm foremost the uh, the the most prominent college conservative activist in the country. Uh, I got my start a couple of years ago uh, in 2016 ish. You know, working uh, to try to help uh, Donald Trump get elected. Since then, uh, obviously, I've grown up a little bit since 2016. I was only 15 in 2016 when Donald Trump was elected to be the president of the United States, and I spent four years defending Donald Trump's uh, America First policy, defending him in the classroom. I uh, have kind of, I've kind of token that that I I fight for conservatism and Trump in the classroom. So that's what I've done for the last four years. I've fought for Donald Trump against radical left wing professors, students, administrators, everyone. I also helped to defend many students across this country. Look, a lot of people weren't lucky like me and lived in a very conservative school district. And a lot of people are afraid that if they speak out against their radical professors or their radical teachers or principals or whoever, that they will be ridiculed and they'll be grade doc, which if you don't know what grade docking is, it's when they drop your grade uh, simply because they don't like you, simply because in this case, you support Donald Trump, you support uh, pro-life, pro-gun, and you are for America first. With that being said, I am a contributor with Campus Reform, meaning whenever I find some story that of some teacher doing absolutely crazy work or some college being overly, overly biased, I report on it because that is important. The, the future of America is right is in college right now. My generation will decide what happens. Gen X is overwhelmingly conservative. The millennial generation is overwhelmingly liberal. My generation will be the biggest thing because I saw a statistic a couple of years ago that by the 2028 election, my generation will be the vi- biggest voting block in the country. And I don't know about you, but I want to live under a Republican-led country led by the conservative ideals of limited government, limited uh, uh, personal responsibility, limited government, and liberty. That is what the Founding Fathers guaranteed to us, and that's what I want to live by. So every Monday, I'm right here, 8 to 10 a.m., whether you're listening to this uh, on the radio or you're listening to this on the internet live stream, I'm right here. If you ever have any questions at all, you can email me, noah at noahring.org. That's my personal email. I check that. Too many times a day, honestly. Uh, You can also text me at 912-254-4838, 912-254-4838. But what I really seek to do with this podcast, with this radio show, is I seek to give my generation what is needed for them to fight back against the radical left on college campuses. Because I've seen firsthand what happens when one party rule comes to these college campuses. You think can't you think California's bad? Wait until you step foot on a college campus. Because at least in California you have the protections of the Constitution of the United States. At college, you don't have those protections. So that's what I, that's who I am, that's what I'm doing, and that's why I and I appreciate you, the American people, the great people of America listening and giving me this platform to be able to speak to you for, you know, roughly 2 hours a day, which my Sixth grade teachers told me that I'd never make anything in my life talking so much, but look who has proved her wrong. Now, with that being said, make sure that you come back tomorrow at 8 a.m., 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. every single morning. We have great guests on all the time. We've interviewed uh, former Secretary of the Agriculture, Sonny Perdue. We've interviewed Marjorie Taylor Greene, Mike Collins, uh, Congressman Gary Graves. We've interviewed all these people. We've interviewed senators, congressmen, governors, uh, all these people who candidates as well and just interesting people. We had on a guy named uh, Alejandro who used to be a member of Antifa and now and Black Lives Matter, and now he is one of the biggest people fighting back against those very organizations. So we have on great guests all the time. 
and we bring you the news that nobody else is going to bring you. You're not going to find these headlines on Fox News because I have a lot of I have a lot of people throughout the country who are looking for stories uh, that are happening in high schools and colleges and even even really some corporations. And Fox News doesn't cover those for whatever reason, so I guess I have to do that. So I hope that you will tune back in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. as we take on the left one more time. I don't know how long I'll have this platform. I don't know how long I'll be on social media, but we will take on the left one more time tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., ending at 10 a.m., so it's perfect for your morning commute. And also, if you can't listen to this live, you know, some people are busy, whatever, I do typically upload the first hour, first 40 or so minutes of the first hour to the podcast, which you can find at noahring.org. But thank you so much for tuning in today, and we will see you on the other side.